in conversation with Brendan Byrne. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and this is episode 320 of the podcast. Now, I had a lot of fun with this one. I speak to Brendan Byrne. I met him online about four or five years ago. We started talking photography. Uh, I met him in New York for dinner, him and his wife, and then eventually he joined me on a trip to Svalbard, but we've been in touch all the time, and I asked him to come on the podcast because, super interesting chap, he is Australian, lived in New York, he's now in Miami, just came back from Melbourne, travels a lot, and his photography has gone from decent, okay, shitty, like he said in the podcast as well, all the way to where it is now, and he's had incredible growth, and he has a wonderful way of thinking about photography. So, love this conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it as well. We go from everything from pandemic to travel to photography and UFC. But I hope you enjoy. This one was fun. Brendan, good morning. How are you, man? Good, mate. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. What's the time there by you now? It's uh, 7.06 a.m., which I know is your, like, your peak hours. Yeah, I mean, I've been like four hours by then. <laughs> yeah, I know. You've gone like half your day. But for okay. me, it's, uh, you know, early bird gets the worm, I guess. Nice. And where do you find yourself now? I'm in Miami, Florida. Where's home for Brendan? So before we start into the photography and travel, who's Brendan? Where does he live? What does he do? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> that's like, <laughs> that's constantly in change, really. <clears throat> I actually just technically moved to Miami about a week ago. So I moved to the US in 2012. Okay. Um, I lived in New York City for eight years. I moved back to Melbourne, which is my hometown, in March of last year when the pandemic started to kick off. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't seen my wife for 11 months, which is kind of crazy. And I just got back to Miami, which is where you know her family lives. Yeah. And this is where we'll be based now. So it's not too bad because I think mo- the rest of the US is under about a foot of snow. Not sure. Miami. We're like the only people who are spared. Oh, this, is awesome. where, this is home base for now. Nice for now. I mean, when I met you, it was in New York City. So you used to be on yep. Broadway. What are you doing now? Um, mainly photography. I mean, again, it's still the, 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 the pandemic, especially here in the US, adds a layer of complexity to everything. Sure. In Australia, it's been strange. Coming from Australia, they've essentially gotten rid of COVID. I mean, Australia's mm. done really, 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 really well. And then you come here and it's just... It makes everything complicated with getting work and even just wanting to like go away. In America, it's basically choose your own level of lockdown. Like the virus is out there and you can choose however lockdown you want to be. You can live like it's 1999 or 2019 if you want, or you can be really locked down if you're scared of the virus. So you can kind of choose. And I'm more towards like the let's be safe thing until I get the vaccine. It's interesting with this pandemic because... I was speaking to someone from Belgium now in the last week. And for mm. them, it feels like what she's explaining to me that they're still basically, they can't go to the shops. They can't go to, it's literally like military lockdown. For us yep. here in South Africa, we, we were at what's it called uh, adjusted level three. But for all intents and purposes, I can go to the shops. I can go to the gym. I can go to work. Obviously, there's constraints with numbers sometimes, but it's not too far from real life for us. And then I watched right. the news in, the, in America and I can't make sense of it. It's, 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 it's really, again, it's really quite incredible, but especially for me, just coming from Australia, I've just spent a year in Australia, which was like almost martial law to get cases to zero and to stay to zero. Yeah, here, it's just, despite the case numbers, which, you know, have come down in recent weeks, you know, knock on wood, which is a good thing. But like, even when case numbers here were, were, were way higher, people here just... It's kind of part of the American ethos, I think. It's like, you do your thing, I do my thing, don't tell me how to live my mm. life, but 
things are open here, man. You can, you can kind of do, people are wearing masks, but other than that, if you want to go party, you want to go to bars, clubs, what, whatever, you just That's go for crazy. it. Crazy. Do they also, I mean, fast, literally I would go into a shopping center now or, or I'd have go into a coffee shop, then to a shop and then something else. And we get sanitized every single time. I think my hands are going to fall off eventually. Is it yeah. the same there? Uh, I mean, the, 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 the bottles are there if you want it. Um, some people make use of it and other people like other people basically have their mask like down under their chin. So it's like, what's hand sanitizer? I'm, I'm wearing it, but it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's kind of like, you know, a bit of theater. So yeah. yeah, I think some people make the use of it, but it's not, yeah, it's just here. They're just, it's just a little, yeah, I mean, again, it just, it just seems so lax coming from Australia, but I know mm. Australia is one of the strictest places in the world for this at yeah. the moment. So interest from a travel point of view what is the current status in australia of international travel i mean because you had to stay oh. there because you could not leave what, what's the status now so yeah it's rough um so australian citizens are currently not able to leave it's one of the few countries in the world actually that's banned its citizens from leaving <laughs> the country um the australians can go home if you're a citizen or a permanent resident but there have been australians trying to get home for a year and oh, wow. because what the government does is when you fly into australia now you have to go into mandatory uh, quarantine in a hotel for two weeks and they only have so many hotel rooms. So each state wow. has a limit, like a cap on how many international passengers they can arrive. So they might have 30 people on each flight if you can get a flight. Um, so people have been trying to get home for a year. My travel agent who got me a flight out, you know, said, are you sure you want to leave? Because if you want You're to get back, back, you might be waiting six months. Um, so yeah, to, to leave Australia, unless you have an exemption, which I did, mm -hmm. um, is basically impossible. Um, and to get in is very, very difficult. So Australia's like literally like a very locked away island at the arse end of the world. Like mm. good luck getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In or out, ain't happening. Yeah. Wow, man. So so yeah. let's quickly go to travel. How did the pandemic affect your life travel-wise? Oh, man, like <laughs> to, to put it visually, like if I had my life like set out on, on a table in front of me and I was like, yeah. okay, like I can do this or I can do this. The pandemic just basically grabbed the table and fuck this and just threw it all up in the air. <laughs> exactly. Like it's, yeah, I mean, I had various plans, not just in travel plans, but plans for like jobs and moving sure. and living and all that stuff. And the pandemic just said, well, you know, kind of, that's very cool. I've got other ideas. Yeah, so I haven't cool. traveled. The, when I came back here to fly back to the US, it was yeah. the first plan I'd been on in a year, which I know you've said the similar thing. Like it's the, huh. that's the longest I haven't been on a flight in probably 10 years. And it's interesting, my flight out of Melbourne. Yeah. Two passengers, myself included. I saw that on your Instagram story. We'll, we'll show you Instagram details at the end of the podcast, but that must feel like a horror movie or something. It just... I'm telling you, it was rocking up at Melbourne Airport was like apocalyptic because it's just empty. There's just nothing. And then I got on the plane and the plane, because it was an international flight, it's a big plane. It's a dreamliner. And oh, no. um, well, me and <clears throat> me, it's actually my mum. My mum came to see me off and um, we're waiting at the gate to check our bags. And one other guy was there. He's like, you, you going to LA? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm that, yep, because we were flying with Air New Zealand. And then we're waiting there for like half an hour. And then a woman from Air New Zealand comes up and says, are you uh, Brendan and Michael? Yeah. And I'm like, yes. And she's like, great, you're our passengers today. Come on through. <laughs> so not only were we the only passengers on that flight, but we were the only international passengers leaving Melbourne. So when we went into the international terminal, we were the only two people in the whole of Melbourne. So they didn't even open up the main security part, like the main everything. We just, they just took us through this back yeah, that's way. Insane. It's, it, so, I mean, for, for my first flight in a year, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it's nuts. It's just really but drove it home. Important like, question. Did they upgrade you to business? 
I love Air New Zealand. They didn't do shit. They, they, oh, they, 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 I mean, really nice people. I got to give them credit. They're like super, super friendly, but like nothing. Like the food was the same. Even my mom was like, record the captain. Cause surely the captain will get on and say, Hey, Brendan and Michael, like, no, how's, it going, man? In Australia? how's it going? Like what I like make a thing of it. They, I mean, you know, I know aviation, it's so strict. It's so above board, but yeah, yeah. nothing. We, we sat in a, an economy like chumps. Did they put you next to each other? Almost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would be and awkward. then we, we moved yeah i suppose it must be weird for them as well because they must be in such a i mean everybody should scared as it is whatever we do everything's mm-hmm. wrong so they must also think well the only thing that's 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 normal for them is let's stick to routine exactly yeah so I, I suppose i mean Ellie didn't i mean they should have upgraded you but still i mean it's well the funny thing was so i sat i sat on the um sat on the plane and i had paid ironically because I didn't know there was going to be two fucking people on the plane. I'd paid for an exit row seat. No. I paid for an exit row seat. <laughs> and I got on and the, the one of the guys, one of the stewardesses came up to me um, and she said, uh, you're sitting opposite a flight attendant, but for social distancing purposes, I know you paid for this seat. Can we bump you a oh few rows God. back just for takeoff uh, for social distancing? That's said, surreal, man. Do what you got to do. So actually, for takeoff and landing, I sat like four rows back from the seat I paid for on an empty plane. So there you go. It was all a bit. It was a bit. And then it was funny. You get to you get into LA. Yeah. I had to fly through New Zealand, but you get to LA, and it's like, what pandemic? Like it's just people. People are people are going. People making operating full capacity kind of thing, or close to probably not full capacity, but again, compared to where I'd come from, like you're coming from zombie land to that. Oh, people are here. We got to make moves. We got to make money. Got places to be. Got places to people to see. Like, let's get on with it. So, getting to LA was like, okay, yeah, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. it's insane. So, before this flight now, so just give people an idea. So, travel wise, when did you start traveling? As far as like leaving Australia early on, and how often per year were you traveling? Um. So after I basically, I mean, I would do trips with my family, obviously, when I was younger, but the first time I started traveling on my own was um, in 2010. So about 10, 11 years ago, um, after I graduated, I graduated high school in 2009. Mm -hmm. Um, I took my first solo trip to the US to New York City uh, in 2010. And then after that, I did like the young people stuff, went to Thailand, went to Canada to do snowboarding. Um, all the, you know, didn't take a single photo or if I did, it was like some blurry mess of something that probably oh, shouldn't man. be taken a photo of anyway. <laughs> you know, that, that they're not on my gram. That's, that stuff's under lock and key somewhere yeah. buried on a hard drive. But, um, and then once I moved to the US, I moved to New York city in 2012. Okay. That's when I started like getting into it more. So I did Europe, did, um, my wife's from uh, Nicaragua. So I went mm-hmm. there, Mexico. How's she doing um, by the way? She's good, man. She's good. I mean, you know, 11 months apart was, was long. So we're happy to obviously see each other again. So it was insane, but she's good. She's doing well. Yeah. She says, she said to say hi. Thanks, man. Yeah. I remember for those listening. I mean, we went to, I can't, I'll probably be able to walk you to the corner where that Mexican restaurant was in New York we went to, but I cannot yep. really, I think remember the name. That was golden. Um, like I'll be able to show you exactly where it is. I can walk there now. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't know the name either, but I could walk there, and my my wife will know for sure. A good, yeah. good spot. Seems like a lifetime. Where, where is she now? Is she with you in Miami now? She's with me. Yeah. She, so her family is based between here and Nicaragua. She spent okay. like eight months of last year stuck in Nicaragua. Like mm-hmm. she went there early, and then she couldn't leave because the borders were closed. Yeah. So she just got back to Miami like in November of last year, and she's here. She's based yeah. here now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we follow on Instagram, and I was chatting once in a while, and it, you could see it's like different worlds because what I, what I got to see of you guys in New York to me, that's how I got to know you. And, and that's you. That's, that's natural, man. 
I mean, mm-hmm. you in New York, I mean, you fit there and all thing. And now suddenly it's just these different stories happening, whether you want to or not. It's yeah, yeah, I know. You really, it's really kind of like adapt or die. Like this past yeah. year, I mean, I, I mean, you would know more than anyone. Like running a running a travel international travel business. Uh, it sounds like a shitty idea right now. Hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least you, you know, at least you had, you know, you, the training wheels had come off by the time all this happened. But yeah, man. I mean, as yeah. you know, you just kind of got to like, you got to adapt. If you're rigid right now, you're yeah. you're gonna be fucked. Yeah, I think I think a big problem. We'll get back to travel now. I think a big problem that we're seeing online is. A lot of people are wired negatively now. Mm-hmm. Like, I think when initial lockdown, I must be honest, when the initial lockdown for us was in March, I thought, you know what, this is cool. I'm going to fucking train every day in the gym here. I've got my own little gym at home. I'm going to do this and that. I did shit. I trained, but all the other mm-hmm. creative stuff. And your mental state just kind of plummets week by week by week by week. Yep. And then I think just before we started recording this, you mentioned it and people were like, oh my goodness, 2020 is almost done. It's almost the 1st of January and everything will be better. <laughs> And yeah, then yeah, yeah. it's like, oh shit, we're going to look back at 2020 as the good old days. It's going now. I know, I know. I know. As if the virus was that courteous to think, oh, it's January 1st. Let's give them a oh, break. Sorry, guys. Like, back yeah, up no guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, no, so it's, you moved it, to New York and then you started traveling from there. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I moved to New York to go to acting school. That's where I met my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, spent three or really four years there, but three, three, four years there. Okay. And then, you know, just started working and living in New York City after that. Um, but yeah, like during, again, coming from Australia, like Australia really is like a way, like yeah. to get to, to get anywhere other than Bali or somewhere else in Australia, you have to get on a plane for a long time. When yes. you're in the US, it is, or just even in the Northern Hemisphere, it's not sure, the case. Sure. It's just, you can just go anywhere. So, you know, <laughs> for spring break, my um, wife and I went to Jamaica for a week just because mm. it's two hours away. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Um and yeah, so I'd done a fair bit of traveling, especially domestically in the US. I've driven across the US and up and I down. I followed that across. on Instagram. That looked mad. It's one of the coolest travel experiences I've ever done. In fact, anyone who's listening, if they haven't, um, yeah. like the US has so much to offer. It's like 50 countries in one. But if yeah. you if you if if you go to just the big cities, that's mm-hmm. obviously an experience in itself. If you yeah. really want to get to know the united states uh-huh. drive through it you've got to drive through Would you do it, it again what you sh- I, I will do it probably later this year no but wait again. for me bro i gotta get out of south africa i'm dying travel wise mate you <laughs> i know we had talked about like kind of the southwest and Mojave oh. desert and arizona or whatever like but yeah when you get over here we'll do it because it is phenomenal no phenomenal because okay. i watch your story and i mean we, we're gonna we'll get to photography eventually no rush yeah. um but i mean I, I followed your story some of the images there it, it looks like, I don't know if you remember Terminator 2. Yep. Right? At the end of it, Sarah Connor's yep. driving and she stops at the, and yep. there's this little, little, like a petrol station, gas garage, whatever, in the middle of fucking nowhere. And there's a little kid in yep. there. It's like, I want that. I, I love the fact you brought that up because that is an image that replays. Even so, I, so I'm a little kind of nuts. I, I flew to LA, then I drove to Miami. It took me about 44 hours because I didn't want to get on a domestic flight in the US. So I drove here from LA, took me about three and a half days. It was like a 44 hour drive. Sure. You know, makes sense of that, what you will is kind of insane. <laughs> but anyway, but dri- driving through, yeah, California, Arizona, New Mexico, and parts of Texas, it, it's like, I know they didn't do it this way, but it's like if you get those scenes in those movies, that end of T2 being being a prime example. Yeah. And it's like everyone in the US has conspired. Let's just make our country fit exactly the image everyone has of the movies. And when you drive through, it's just, I always tell people, like 
when you have an image of the U.S. in your head, if it's like the movie, it's kind of the same thing. It really, really is. And that's interesting because when I've said to people, like when you get to New York for the first time ever, it's always this yep. big deal. But then you get yep. to Times Square and you see the yellow cab. It's like, fuck, this feels familiar. Like I've seen yep. it because it's, it's in every movie <laughs> and this and that. And I mean, yep. I followed your, I mean, and we'll give your Instagram out. It, it was phenomenal to follow that journey. But, but you, I, yeah. I want that. I want to, and I don't think it's just the photography. I think it's also the experience. Like I want to, I want to walk into, we stop outside and it's scary as shit because it's just weird. You walk into a bar and there's like guys sitting and they're like, yeah, you boys aren't from around here, is you? Yeah. I want that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like the wrong turn. Like, yeah. yeah, I've had so, I've had so many experiences blowing into it, like small town USA, uh. which is just interesting and eerie and sometimes sad and um reason reason i'm asking is i mean i could mm -hmm. do that in south africa or i can go up in africa but the border posts and stuff there's time when it could hear your shit so with it was yeah, it yeah, time yeah. you worried or got scared or not like that. I can only imagine like traveling up through Africa, especially border crossings. I was more frightened in Egypt. So I've, I traveled to Egypt and we went oh, on a road trip yes. through through Egypt. That got hairy at points. Morocco wasn't too bad. Um, I mean, look, I loved both places. Egypt's one of my favorite places in the world to visit. But it was, yeah, there are parts of it where you really, you realize you're not in the Western world in, quote, in quotations and that you have to, you know, they've got different customs mm -hmm. and cultures there and you just, you got you to kind of watch it a bit. I haven't had any experience like that. Um, no, the, no, no, it's, it's more, to be honest, um, the experience I've had traveling throughout small town USA has been more of like, sad sounds kind of simplistic but just people people in the u.s d do it tough like some some people do we do it really tough explain people the, explain the almost sad feeling or like that it's like you just um like people just... like people outside i mean look this might be rich coming from me because i'm not even american but i have lived here nearly 10 years and i've traveled to every state but alaska so i've been to 49 of the 50 states like i've traveled through america a lot um and you know, people have an idea of America, especially from the outside, that it's, it's San Francisco, it's New York, it's Las Vegas, and it's Miami. Yeah. And those things all exist, and they're big, amazing cities. But in the middle, there's mm. hundreds of millions of people that are not all struggling. I mean, I'm not, don't want to make it seem like everyone's poor, but it's just, yeah, you, you can drive through some parts of the US and you think this is, I would expect to see this in a more like a third world. Like people are really poor and mm. the social services and the, just the, the structure of their towns and yeah. like the work opportunities or just opportunities in general just aren't mm. there. And you meet some of the loveliest people who are just really, really, really down on their luck. And those people are fascinating to talk to. I, I have been taken aback at how open many, many, many Americans have been to myself and my mom who often comes on these trips with me. Um, they're just willing to talk. It's like sometimes we like we drive through a, a town with a thousand people in it, or sometimes three hundred people, and they're almost mind boggled that two tourists or Australians are there. They're like, "What the hell are you doing here?" Yeah, and we, you know, we say we we drive through. We love doing this. We love meeting people. We love getting out of the car and seeing. But but yeah, so it's it's often fascinating. Sometimes eerie. I've had some pretty eerie experiences. Mm. Um, but then other times it's just like, oh man, I, I wish I wish things were thriving more here, and they're not. Yeah. I think I think the whole travel thing, and we spoke about this in Svalbard as well. I think it, it's a humbling thing because, like, I went to, to for example, Dixon. You'll meet him on there tomorrow. So yep. I went to his village in Africa, and people want to visit an African village because they have mm -hmm. a certain thing in mind. Mm -hmm. Negative, not even close. Now I've been into some hairy villages. This is real. 
This is right. real dark Africa. And yeah. you then appreciate that. And then you come back home and I've got my Wi-Fi, my microphone, my blah, 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 blah. And then suddenly you remember, you know, that's happening right now. You and I are talking. Mm-hmm. This is out there right now. And I think it brings in a certain level of gratitude yeah, for not 100%. only what you have, but also for what you can experience. Yes. 100%. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, um, and again, look, I mean, I don't know, never been to uh, Johannesburg, but coming from like Australia and like Melbourne, mm. I, I mean, yeah, yeah get, out, get out and see the world. Not everyone lives like you, you know, mm. not everyone, you know, eats the same food, prays to the same God, you know, lives the same way, goes to the same, yeah, not educated in the same way. People are very, very different. And mm. that's the thing, like you said, it doesn't stop just because you leave. It's not like everyone just hits pause. It just goes and goes and goes. And yeah, yeah humbling, humbling is probably a great, perfect word to describe yeah. it. So if you could do that trip again, what was your favorite little town? Oh, mate, it's, you're asking an impossible question. I have a specific love for the American West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was obviously like big geographical regions of the country, but anything around the Rockies, which I know lead up into Canada, but come all the way down towards Mexico. So there's like a strip through, I mean, it's, it's hardly a town. I'm going to give you like six states, but Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, yeah. Uh, Utah, Wyoming, Montana, yeah, uh, like this band of the country, what you think of when you think the American West, like the frontier, it's that. It's it's like Monument Valley and the horses riding off and Yellowstone and herds of bison and grizzly bears. And it just, it's a magical, magical place, magical place. I think the only the only part of that, so I've done Arizona quite a bit because I used to work there with Canyon Ranch way back. Okay. Um, and we did a, I took Billy and them to the um, Grand Canyon now, last time we were there. But yep. I think Utah, Salt Lake City, yeah? So, uh, I've never been to Salt Lake, but I've been to other places in Utah. So, so th- that's the only place I've been in Utah because some of my clients were there. So I was on one of those marketing trips where, where I've met you as well. And yep. um, they did, uh, Stacy, and what's her husband's name? Uh, I'll remember it now. They took us just outside Salt Lake City and it literally, and there's these wild horses, these fucking beautiful monster black stallions running around yeah. wild. And I'm like, dude, I'm, this is like cowboy country. Well, what the hell? Yeah, just, yeah. And it's again, it's I've watched movies and documentaries and it's literally that. It's yep. literally that. People, 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 I mean, I, I have to sing, I mean, I've been here so long. I have, you know, I have to sing the praises of the US, but people don't realize how beautiful this country is. I mean, from out, outside i think and maybe some americans don't even realize but like within the one country you have that you have that the american west then you have say you have the, the pacific uh north uh northwest you know mm-hmm. seattle and um and washington and yeah. um and oregon then you have the northeast and like the the new england like in the fall you have massive cities like in the northeast like um like new york city yeah. um you have like the south like the bayou and and like louisiana and mississippi alabama and florida yeah, and then you also have on top of it Alaska and Hawaii, and it's one country. Yeah. Yeah. America is just ge- so geographically diverse; it's stunning. It's yeah. stunning here. Yeah. yeah, we need to do this road trip one day. Yeah. I think if someone's listening on the podcast and they want to sponsor us, like a car and a lot of yep. money and accommodation, we do this thing. If Ford's listening, because I assume they are, um, <laughs> if Ford's listening, give us a give us a Raptor or something. We'll check oh. our photography gear in the back, and we'll we'll, we'll be off. Love yep. it. Photography, when did it start for you? Um, uh, uh, While you think, actually, ask it, you this, when did you first pick up a camera, play with it, and when did you realize, I want to do this? Two questions. Yeah, okay. Uh, when I first got like a proper DSLR, uh, 
No, you know what? No, I had a little underwater, like, I don't know if it's like a Pentax. I had a little underwater, um, like, or like waterproof, sorry, camera in Thailand, yeah. um, which was beat to shit. And I took that to the full moon parties. That was 2011. <laughs> that was about 10 years ago. Um, I took like, again, pictures that probably shouldn't see the light of day. You still have my first. Yes. And the pictures. You should post I'm, OCD, I'm OCD with all my backups. Uh-huh. So I have pictures going back to long, long time. I actually have pictures going back to my like days where you had the Motorola flip phones. Do you remember those Motorola flip oh, phones shit. with the camera? With the camera used to like twist. I yeah. still have photos from them. Okay. So everything that's happened in my life photographically, I do have like a bit of a like a like an OCD chronological like file of it all. Um, but my first DSLR was when I after I moved to New York, it was probably oh I bought it. I was going to Europe in 2013, and I bought a, a Canon SL1, like a little yeah. like a little package thing at B&H, which you know like best store in the world. Oh, um, for the mine, not for not for my wallet, but anyway. Um, <laughs> and then. Um, I did a lot of traveling with that. Honestly, mate, the first time I got really serious about doing photography was with you in Svalbard. Mm-hmm. And I've done a thing that probably many photographers have. I've gone like, oh, I wish I was more into photography when I traveled to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. Um, actually, no, I lie. The, the Svalbard, which was 2019. You had some um, good shots coming in there, though. You had some good images travel-wise coming in there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, the, actually, no, the, the, the trip I bought my current camera for, the Nikon D850, was the trip a year before Svalbard, which right. is basically my wife and I's like belated honeymoon, which was Greece, Egypt, and Morocco. No, and that no. was in 2018. So that's when I was like, okay, let's get a, let's get a, a good camera and let's like, let's like figure this out. I sometimes think, I mean, you said something about thinking of if you had the photographic skill you have now, all the places you've been to. And mm. it's like, like I have this thing with, with safari guides. Like I don't trust a safari guide who doesn't want to take pictures. Right. It's, it's like, dude, you say you appreciate, but look at the beauty. And you, you, you see these things every day, the stuff yeah. you create. It's just like, and I, to me, travel is the same. I and mean, even if it's a phone, these days you can do amazing things with these things. Yeah. But, oh man, imagine the opportunity. I can just, I mean, thinking back three or four, even just, I mean, in the States or UK, wherever we were, it's like, fuck, the stuff I could have done. I know. Well, you traveled extensively, didn't you, with the when you were on the cruise cruise liner? Yeah, so I mean, mine started on on the cruise liner where I bought. I can't. I actually, it's in the cupboard here. I should you know this camera it was a Sony, about as big as this phone, and it had a little mm-hmm. flip thing, so you pushed it down, and then the lens came out. Like, but yeah, you know, right. And yeah, that's just, so. It was travel stuff. But again, I would look at some of those pictures and think, "Fuck, if I could go back with proper gear and the eye that you have now." Yeah golden what you could do hey yeah because because people often say like oh we'll make sure you actually like enjoy the place don't just like take pictures of everything which is true like sometimes you have to put the camera down as you've oh, yeah, yeah. you've spoken about before but i find that like if you're not just like pointing and capturing for the sake of capturing it if you're actually looking to like create an image you're actually paying almost more attention oh, because you're looking at a scene and you're like, okay, like you're noticing the small details that you might not, if you were just standing there appreciating it. So it almost adds a level of appreciation rather than takes one away. I find 100%. I love that. To those of you listening, rewind 15 seconds and listen to that again. Um, it's even to the point where, and I remember this from my, my New York trip. Fuck is it lost you already? Jesus. It's like a year ago. And yeah, I know. Yeah. One morning we stayed down way down by the high line somewhere. And I went jogging and I was mm. jogging up and then the sun comes through the avenues coming down. 
right? Yep. And I stopped at one stage and I think, and I'm looking at this and you're kind of checking it. I don't have a camera, but then I think if I come back here this afternoon, what would it be then? Because oh, yeah. it definitely, definitely immerses you more. And yep. even for wildlife, and we'll, we'll get to polar bears and stuff now, but even with wildlife, you look at it differently because you're looking for those subtle nuances of a change of face, a smile, an eye up, whatever. And yep. we need to start understanding that. No, I know, I know. And it's, again, like you, you, you said before, like traveling is like humbling. You, you can take a lot of it for granted. I mean, talk, I mean, talking about taking things for granted, I mean, what this year's shown, yeah. I mean, just, just the fact that you used to just be able to like, with, with, with money, to walk onto a plane and just jump on and arrive and, and just walk off into a new country for the yeah. most part. I mean, who's going to take that for granted again? At least you shouldn't. No. Um, but yeah, like doing this and get like, you should every now and again, like stop and like look around and like actually appreciate wherever you are because it's probably pretty good. And um, yeah, if you have a camera in hand or if you're thinking about photography, it actually gives you an opportunity to, to do that. Yeah. Do you, did you, have you ever had issues with camera gear and traveling? No, no, never. I've never had one of those like terrible experiences where my shutter froze and a polar bear is like two feet away. Um, okay, yes, you wouldn't really be thinking about taking a photo then if it's two feet away, but you know what I mean. Um, but no, the only, the only, the only thing is it's heavy. It's heavy yeah. when you start like getting into it. It's like uh -huh. it's heavy, but like boo fucking who? Like just yeah. get it on your back. And I've never up, had an ex. Hey, harden up, cupcake. That's it. Yeah, I've never had an experience like where they say, "Oh, this is all too heavy." Like we got to check it in because that no bueno. Like I'm not letting some baggage handle like throw. You know, it'll just be like, well, I know. Yeah. So no, 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 no bad experiences. Okay. If you could get on a plane now to photograph, where are you going? Anywhere in the world, any camera gear you want, where are you going? Well, I have a, I have a real pull right now to go back to Yellowstone because of the season. It's like winter there and winter there is just insane. But I was meant to go to India last year. Um, okay. So I'd probably be jumping on a plane. Have you ever been Never. Okay. I've heard I think amazing. Your style of photography is, I think you could create magic there with, with how, you yeah. see, how you see through the camera. Yeah. I think yeah. it could be beautiful stuff. Hey? Have, you been, have you been there? No, I haven't. I was going to go on a tiger trip last year, but uh, yeah, pandemic said no. Um, yeah. But like, I, personally, I don't know if it would be top of my list, but it's definitely top three. Sure. It's up, and not, and again, probably not for wildlife. No, it's not for wild. It's not necessarily for wildlife for me either. It's just, it's just the the culture and the chaos and the, the just the the yeah. country itself. It's experience. Yeah, it's an experience. Hundred yeah. uh, percent. So, so your photography. So you started taking it seriously. Morocco, Egypt. You came to mm -hmm. um, yep. Give me a short summary, and we'll, we'll diverge from there. Is from when you started until where you are now. I mean, selling prints. You're talking about galleries and stuff like that. How did that journey happen? Did you drive it? Did you, how did that work? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, 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 well, I hope, I don't know, maybe it's for other people to judge looking back through my feed. I think my learning curves have been quite steep. Like, mm. I think like if I, I, I knew, I hope in 10 years, I say this about myself right now, but like yeah. in 2018, I knew basically nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just, I had the eye, I think for it, but I was just trying to like figure it out. Now I know a lot more. Mm -hmm. I have 10 years. I can say, you know, into or three years, I can say the same thing about myself now. Um, yeah, just kind of dove right in. I mean, I've never been to school, never like for photography, never like learned anything formal. I have kind of mixed, I mean, having never done it, I can only say so much, but I have mixed feelings about like going to school for creative endeavors type thing. Um, but like 
basically I'm a student now of YouTube university. Like yeah. YouTube now is just, if you can't find the information online, you're doing something wrong because there is, there's too much. You actually had the, the skill now is not finding the information. It's sorting through all of it to get the good stuff. Yeah. Which voices should you listen to? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the skill. That's the skill. And that's not just the skill in photography, like in learning, that's the skill in like how, what news you listen to and what opinion, like that's everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then the, the selling of the prints, I, um, the first photo I printed was one from Egypt actually, um, just for my, for our house back in Melbourne. And I wanted it because I was like, well, just, uh, this is how I think I'm a bit like paranoid with all this, but I'm like, well, if, if our house burned down, God forbid, I lose all my thought. Like the, it's kind of weird. like everything's digital. So everything's like, it's not tangible. It's not like you yeah, can't yeah. hold it. It's all just images, which is fine, which is great. But I wanted something. I was like, I want something to actually hold in my hand. And yeah. that is the reason I printed my first image. I was like, you know, I want to put this on my wall. So just in case, like, I guess if the house burnt down, the print goes with it. But do you know what I mean? Like, I just no, wanted no. something. <laughs> I, I wanted, I wanted like a thing in my hand that I could hold. Yeah. And then when I printed it, I was like, this looks and feels different. And then I started printing more and more. And then people started seeing them like up places. And my friends would say, oh, that's awesome. Can I get a print? And I would, you know, I would do a print for them. And the more I printed, there's something about holding your image physically. And if an image looks nice on a screen, not always, but sometimes if it's, if when it's printed, it looks even better. There's something about seeing something up on a wall under glass, yeah. well-framed, that's really, 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 really nice. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can, I can do something with it. How many photographers in today's world have never even thought about printing their work? They shoot, they dump it on a hard drive, they post it on Instagram and they move on. So sad. Yep. It is. And you know what? They might get 10 years down the line, print one for, for whatever reason and think, I should have been doing this for 10 fucking years. Yeah. I mean, because, and even if it's just, I mean, you don't even have to like, you don't have to have to think like business out of it, but you just could do it for people like you do. Like you've just printed things and given them to people. It's amazing. And the, the gifts I've given to people as, as in, in the way of prints, they really, really appreciate it because it's so personal. It's really? something you created and it's something you thought of to do for them. Yeah. And, and they can't just go out and buy what you're giving them if, unless they're going to buy it from you. So it's actually a really personal gift. 100%. Do you think, I mean, you, you, you had a question in one of our recent um, wildlife photography Q&A videos about what's missing online. Yeah. Do you feel, I mean, you, your images are great. Your work is just growing. It's insane to see. Looking around, do you think a lot of photographers are just going through the motions instead of thinking about their work like you just spoke? Like it's a part of me. Like in the same question, someone might say, oh, that's a shitty image. And I get very offended because like my child, do you think a lot yeah, of people yeah, just yeah. going through the motions and it's like, it's just a thing to do without having that, that deep seated passion for what they do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, so. I think a lot of people, I wonder if a lot of people would do it if Instagram and the internet suddenly didn't exist. Yep. It's like, would you still do this for you? If all, if you couldn't share any of this, you asked us a question when we were away on Svalbard which was interesting and it's a little different to what we're talking about. So I don't want to get off topic, but you said, if you couldn't bring your camera on this trip, would you do it? Mm-hmm. And I think I actually said, no, I said, if, if, if I could bring my camera, but I couldn't share any images, if I couldn't show them to other people, I'd definitely still do it. But so if I just do it just for me, I mean, that's how it started. I just wanted to do this just for me. Um, yeah. That, that's the main thing. But yeah, I think, yeah, potentially a lot of people are just, I think people get really caught up in like, 
algorithms online and trying to like beat the system and trying to like figure out what mm. these tech companies want you, you know, well, what these like tech platforms, like how they want to keep you on their platform and maximize mm. the time and just kind of a slave to like, you know, you need to post this three times a day and this and this and use reels and da, 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 da. and look, if you want to grow, maybe that's what you need to do. But I think first it should be like, are you doing this for you? And do you like, and if you're doing it for you and you really, really enjoy it, it's going to come through. It's going to show rather than just going through the motions, as you say. So for you, is photography a journey, a destination or both? Uh, I've never thought of it as a destination. It would definitely be the, the, the former for sure. Because again, it's like, when do you arrive? I mean, like what, like what, you know. Are there some egos in the industry that think they arrive with every fucking image? <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt. Just for me, that's so foreign <laughs> to me. I, I just don't. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you, I'm sure you do as well. Like I look back on the stuff I took in Egypt and I think, Oh, caught some cool shots, but man, I, oh, I miss these opportunities. Or like, I remember this and I could have done this different. Like, that's frustrating, but it's progress. Yeah. Um, I hope, I, or, you know what? I already say that about Svalbard. I already say that about, oh, I know. God damn it. I, I should have done this different. Oh, I, I didn't know this then or process this that Even way. Just with that one poser bear sighting. Yep. Just with him. Looking back, yep. and, and recently, I haven't been on Lightroom for a while. It's just been too chaotic, but I went on to look for an image and I see the sequence. And I thought, okay, cool. I shot here, like 10 images, mm -hmm. and there's a yep. break, and then it picks up. I'm thinking, fuck, that's stuff in the middle. I want that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. And again, it, it gets frustrating, but that's you have to realize that that's progress because mm -hmm. you're actually, hopefully, you, hopefully I'm saying that now about whatever I took yesterday, that you yeah. just continually look back. Like um, one of my favorite things you say is people say, what's your favorite image? And it's like, I haven't taken it yet. Mm. Yeah, it's you okay. Know. Yeah. Exactly. Have you, have you been in a photographic rut? Where you no. just think nothing works and I don't know what to do. No, no, I don't get in a rut. Like oh, at least I haven't. I mean, one might one might come one day, um, but I don't feel like that. To mm. me, I feel so overwhelmed with the amount I don't know and I need to know, like now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, oh god, I, yeah, like, uh, like I don't. I uh, basically for all my shots, I just use like art of um, natural lighting especially mm -hmm. with like wildlife, like you can't exactly <laughs> set up speed lights and get the polar bear to like, you know, turn or whatever. Although you'd be forgiven with that sighting in, in, um, in Svalbard because that looked like he was doing that on purpose. But anyway, yeah. but yeah, there's just like so much to learn from a technical standpoint, but then also from like a, in, like an inspired, like creative standpoint. And I get overwhelmed with just like right now, if I look at my Safari, I have probably, probably 15 odd tabs open. And that's like in my mind, that's how it's like, I've got all these things yeah, I want yeah, yeah. in my mind. And so I get kind of bogged down sometimes in that. I almost get like unfocused because there's so many things. Right. But I've yet to, even during the pandemic, I've yet to like sit there and be like, nothing works. This is fucked. It's like, I, I don't think that I am. Yeah. Um, I'm like, there's so much to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm struggling to like, even just focus on one thing. I'm kind of scattered. Yeah. Do, do you think that, and I mean, I'm looking at this from the outside. So I'm looking at your work. I mean, when I got to know you did a little bit of travel stuff and then wildlife and Svalbard was like a, an entity. We've spoken about going to do more wildlife and gorillas and whatever. But do you think, and let's, let's just look at the wildlife genre for now. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people only shoot wildlife and they don't do anything else because people suck and cities are boring, whatever. Do you think there's an <laughs> argument to be made? I don't know, I don't know where the fuck they'll come from. But, I, I, but yeah. do you think there's yeah. an argument to be made for someone like yourself and why your work is growing exponentially and why you haven't been in a rut? The reason for that, 
being that you shoot such different things all the time? I hadn't, interestingly, I hadn't thought of it that way, but I think you're right. Yeah, I do think you're right. It's to me, if you only shoot the one, there's, there's that, what's that saying? Like a jack of all trades and a master of none. There's some truth to that in things. Like I'm not, yeah, no, there is some truth to that, but at the same time, fuck that. Mm, Um, Like I I just, like you can be, you can only shoot wildlife and still suck. And again, because it's all so subjective, you might suck to one person and be amazing to another. Yeah. To me, I, I don't know why, unless you just don't genuinely don't have an interest in cities or people or, or <laughs> landscapes. Like, I just, what, why, why limit yourself? I mean, when people say, oh, I prefer shooting animals and people, like, yeah, fair enough. And I kind of see how, like, there's a wildness to animals that you might not get with most people. So that's interesting. It, it just is so far oh, and different, know some and so varied and interesting. Some people that can be pretty wild. Well, again, man, like, again, I, when you travel and you start talking and you meet people, it's like they're, the, they're almost the most interesting animal. In fact, they kind of are. People, human beings are the most interesting creatures on the planet. I love polar bears, love tigers and gorillas and everything else, but there's something about human beings. So, like, I don't know, to limit yourself and think I'm only going to shoot, you know, four-legged mammals rather than, like, because here's the thing, mate, like, you even talked about it before. So, I go to the, I want to, Mara's on my list, high yeah. on my list. I want to go there and I want to shoot like big game and all that, but I also want to get like the landscapes, but I also want to get the people and Dixon. And like, I want to go to the villages and see like how they live, what they eat, what, and tell a story. And I think that this is something I said to you in a really long rambling voicemail a while ago, but I, (laughs) I said like, to me, what a thing that's missing my mind is like overall narrative. Like, like the world is not short on beautiful imagery. In fact, I can go online now and I can go to Getty Images or Shutterstock or Google or wherever yeah. and get billions and billions of crisp, perfectly exposed wildlife images of polar bears and the like. What I, what I, what I have to search for and what, what, what inspires me when I find it mm-hmm. is like people who take the time to like build a narrative around their photographic work. So like if you fly to Svalbard, say, and you, I mean, you've spoken about this before, you get to Longyearbyen. Mm-hmm. I want to see photos, but like interestingly captured and like processed and like you know, however one would do it before you even get off the plane. Because as you descend below the clouds into Longyearbyen and that scene of the town opens up, what, that, that, that is as interesting or almost as interesting as the polar bears. Like if you waited till you saw wildlife, imagine what you'd miss. If I wait till I see a, a, a lion in the Mara, Imagine what I'll miss getting out of Nairobi and then getting on the small aircraft to the, the landing strip and then meeting them. Like imagine all the stuff I'd miss mm. and you have a camera, take the fucking thing out and start shooting. That's my ethos around it. Do you think people don't do that because they're scared of not creating good images and what people will think? Potentially. And that's a really, really, really bad reason because you can take bad images of wildlife when you actually get to a sighting. So why not start earlier? Why not like just, just start earlier? Yeah, I know. I do think that's a big thing. People mm. fear it. And look, if you don't like it, don't share it. But I just, I, I've never thought that way. I've never thought like, oh, it's not like I've never thought what will people think, but it's just like, but you don't, it, you're not, you don't have an audience right there. Just do it. But even yeah. if it's just for you, even if it's just so you can remember the journey, I just don't see why not. Just do it. Someone has like 412 followers and they're like, oh no, what if they don't like it? Who gives a shit? I do think that, that a lot of wildlife photographers and the reason I asked about the rut is because mm-hmm. I know a lot of wildlife photographers before pandemic and probably now as well, that they're in a photographic rut because they shoot the same thing so often. Now, same yep, thing yep. for me would be 
a leopard in Swabi Sands is a big cat with a certain coloration in green. You go to mm-hmm. India, tigers, big cat coloration, green if you're lucky. You go to the Pantanal, yeah. jaguar, yeah. big cat, green. So the, 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 the playing field that you're doing is all the same. And you yeah. only learn that rule set, set yeah. of rules, right? Yep. I mean, the moment you go out of it, it's challenging. So I'm taking you from the basketball court, putting you on the soccer field. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm going to rather sit this one out. Because the, the big thing there is they, they shoot the same thing too often and too much and too long. First of all, the photography gets boring. The, sorry, not yep. the photography because that's exciting. The, 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 the final results become boring because it starts looking the yeah. same. Instead yep. of breaking, go away. Focus on the people. Focus on the landscape. Go and do, I don't know, go and do the little towns, whatever the case is. Because when you then get back to wildlife, if that's your thing, you will look at it differently. And there's a crossover of technique. You're going to learn things that pulls over. I, 100%. I don't know why people don't see that. I know. I know. It's really quite bizarre, especially people who have been doing it a long time. It's just, again, I try to decide, like, I wonder sometimes, people, is, is it a genuine disinterest or is it that they're scared? If it's a genuine disinterest, then okay. Um, yeah. But for a lot of people, I doubt it. Um, no, I but if it's, if it's because if you say don't like just do, like try aerials, try yeah. landscapes, try portraiture. I mean, again, you know, if you're used to photographing, I remember the first time I started doing portraits. It's intimidating because you have someone cool. opposite you that is like consciously aware that you have this big thing fucking right yes. in front of their face. You know, the, the animals don't give you the same thing. Animals will do what they do, and they don't even know what a camera is most of the time, or sure. all of the time. Humans are very, very, and that's what I found, especially photographing people. Mm-hmm. You know, you lift up a camera and people start to change. People start yeah. to like most of the time, and that's something you've got to deal with. And that's a skill set in itself. Like right. I, I remember, I asked you. This is years ago now, probably, yeah. maybe even before. So I asked asked you about your friend uh, Chris Christopher. I was about to mention him. He's coming on the podcast in a week or two. Oh, is he really? Okay. I look forward to that because again, I was looking at his work. I'm like, man, I've got to start taking photos of people because hmm. he captures people with such, or with what looks like such ease and like grace and gets them in the most like candid, interesting way. It just looks like it's very voyeuristic, but in a, yeah. in a really interesting way, like a, like a beautiful way. I thought, well, what, let's, let's do this. And even in Svalbard, I was like, you know, I want the driver. Who's the guy with the big, like Santa beard. Um, oh, uh, Vigo. Vigo, I would. I mean, I didn't meet him. I would love to have like gotten like. And is he? Yeah. I, when when we go back, we're gonna take that out for drinks and get smashed because I think he's got stories. Yeah, and I, I do want not. And again, I don't want to be the guy that like never puts his camera down because sometimes you just want to like get drunk yeah. and enjoy the moment. But like again, like getting like a portrait of him. I I even think I should have got more portraits of Bo and um Christian. Like just yeah, just just like because it all works as a, as a story. And if people are doing it because they're afraid, I mean, mm. I, I've, I've got so much to learn and I'm, I'm an mm. infant in all of these disciplines, but it doesn't mean you can't get better. And the other thing I'll say is that people say like, they always, a, a lot of, I've heard a lot of photographers say, even really, really good ones that I admire, like they want a through line for their work. And that mm. makes sense to me that like in a, in a project, especially it's nice to see like a, a like a, and that's what I was trying to do with Svalbard, like create a set of images that look like it came from the same person. I think that I like doing that with a certain project or a certain mm-hmm. like set of images, but I've never understood. Well, no, I understand it. I just don't agree necessarily. Like take a, photo, a photographer who's been in the news lately for a few wrong reasons, but David Yarrow, like you know his prints right off the bat. Even, even non-photographers will know his work. Exactly. 
and that, I know that's a point of pride for him and the, the, you know his buyers and everything else. And yeah. who knows? That even might be the right business. Like in, if you were thinking strictly as a businessman, that might yeah. be the right road to go down. But for me, if I'm in a gallery and there's like a like a like a wildlife shot of you know, just say a polar bear, and people are like, "Wow, like who did that?" Yeah, and yeah. then on the other side of the gallery, there's an aerial shot where people yeah. are like, wow, who did that? And my name were at both of them. And people yeah. are really surprised that the same photographer did both and yeah. they look so different. To me, I'm like, great. I, yeah. I don't need, the, I don't know if it's an ego thing, but I don't need the thing to be like, when it's up on the wall, people instantly know that that's mine. It's like, if it's a good image, it's a good image. If it speaks to people, it speaks to people. Yeah. And if it's, if they're really different and they both speak to people and they're both good to me, it's like, it's a really nice surprise that I did them both rather yeah. than like all my shit is like very. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it, this might sound very stupid, but I'm going to try it anyway. It's like LeBron James and Stephen Curry. Stephen mm -hmm. Curry, three point specialist by miles. So you know he's going to hit that thing. LeBron yeah. James, all rounder, he can pass, he can da 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 da. I would rather on my team have someone who can do a little bit of everything. So for yeah. the I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I booked my name on wildlife, but I'm trying hard to get away from it. Because yeah, of exactly right. what you say. I think, and you say like, um, if it's all the same thing, that, that creative rut, I think, of creating the same thing and the, 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 the style. A style yeah. and a rut are very close together. Yeah. Very. Yeah. I, I mean, an example, I would, I would speak to someone, for example, uh, on a trip and we would talk about high key images. Like it's a branch, mm -hmm. there's a leopard, brightly over. So let's go high key, over about two thirds. Uh, well, about two and two thirds, drop the blacks and lights, and we've got a high key image. Mm -hmm. white sky. Then suddenly from then on, every single thing gets forced down that, whether it fits yeah. or not. But now, because yeah. I want that style. No, you're fucking up everything else because you want something that doesn't fit everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Which tool to use? But that, that whole thing of diversifying, and you said something a little bit earlier on about people um, having a genuine disinterest. The funny thing is they would say that to me on a plane, yet they've got their phone snapping everything. Yeah, right. That's the giveaway. Do it properly then. I mean... That's the giveaway. Yeah, yeah. If it's good enough for your phone, it should be good enough for your your, your, your camera camera. The yeah. other thing too is that I, I was just thinking like people are disincentivized too to like branch out because even just say to take Instagram, um, <laughs> like... <sighs> It is, it just is, it is a thing that like a, a, a sequentially kind of themed feed will do better. We'll get more clicks. Yeah. And the, the photographers, some of the photographers I like the most have a beautiful, really like nicely, it all fits together, all the yeah, colors yeah, yeah. and the shades and everything looks, looks fucking awesome. Um, but I, yeah, and mine is a bit of a jumbled mess. It just keeps, keeps changing. And I know if I want to grow on Instagram, that's probably not the best way to do, but I, I've tried to like stay in things. I can't. I just get bored. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to, I'll no, try. I, I kind of try and do now, like I'll try and like do like a theme in terms of like colors and style, but then I'll just, after like nine or 12, like blocks, like grid, like I images, I'll just change. A bit, like creatively. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You and know, then you I just thought, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go for it. I was gonna say, yeah, and then I, I got to the stage where I'm like, look, if I grow, I grow, great, fuck the feed, like no. fuck the, the, I'm just gonna no. do what I wanna yeah. do. You, you yeah. know how you get likes, and this pisses me off to no end. So I would, I would like <laughs> go deep into my, my, my photo vault, whatever, and I'll mm -hmm. pick like an elephant image which I think is the shit. I think this is just, and it gets like, let's say two and a half thousand likes. I'm like, yeah. Then I'll take an iPhone picture of the pug that I have and it gets like 4,000. It's like, what the hell, people? Come on, man. Appreciate yep. it. Oh, damn it. You, you, can't, you can't win. Yeah. The pug wins the dogs it. will rule. Yeah. If you had yeah. to go for inspiration on Instagram now, whose feeds do you look to? 
Um, there's an Australian photographer called Jason Charles Hill mm-hmm. who creates, he has stunning work. Um, there's also, who I've mentioned before, I mentioned in Svalbard, Benjamin Hardman. I really like another Australian photographer. She lives in Iceland. And yeah. his stuff of like the Arctic regions is amazing. Yeah. Um, there's also, there's a few, let me just look it up. There's a few photographers that really capture the American West. Who's the guy like that, the, the kind of, Svalbard we spoke, was it Hardman, hey? With, with Benjamin like, Hardman. Like a dark, deep blue theme through everything. Yep, that's him. Great. Um, yeah, talk about feeds that look good. Um, I'm just trying to see. I've got like a bunch of saved on my... Um, there's a few American... Oh, um, Jeff N. Brenner, B-R-E-N-N-E-R. He's a Yellowstone. Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Do you know him? Yeah, yeah. He has amazing stuff. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, I just found a guy called Bo Simmons. Um, who creates some really interesting stuff. Again, kind of that American, like, end of the world, frontiers, um, like, kind of frontier style. Um, Oh, man, there's so many. What else is this? I mean, I have, I don't know if you can see that, but I just have, like, like just images saved, 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 saved. Um, I, I can send you some. I can send you some when I look through because I've just got so get, many. DM them to me, yeah. The oh, Carl Shakur. Who? This guy's interesting. K-A-R-L, Carl. Yeah. Shakur, S-H-A-K-U-R. Right. He, um, he takes some really, really interesting stuff. Mm. The yep. interesting thing to me is, I mean, all of those great photographers, and I mean, if you, I mean, if you can DM me some, we can put them on a swipe up link or whatever. But yeah, yeah. you didn't mention the obvious ones. Like there's all these big photographers and everybody's like, oh, that's cool. And that's cool. And it's almost like, because everybody says it's cool. That must be cool. I mean, yeah. Can, can, <laughs> can I say something that might sound really arrogant and pretentious coming from yeah, me? Um, the, 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 the photographers I look up to the most, there's something that like, they're very, very different, but the thing yeah. they all have in common is that they're younger than 35. I just think there's like a new, and look again, Paul Nicklin's a legend and sure. his images of like the whales, that one image of his of like the whale underwater and the calf underneath yes, the, yes, the, yes, the mama. Yes. I mean, holy hell. And I saw his pop-up gallery in New York, like the, the ice wall in Svalbard and the penguins jumping yep. at like, I mean, forget it. Like, incredible. And it, look, and even, you know, despite some of his practices, like some of David Yarrow's work, stunning. Nick Brandt, Nicholas Brandt. I mean, amazing work. Um, you know, the kind of like legends of the industry, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just something about like people who have grown up with more of this technology. And again, they're kind of of my generation. I don't know. There's just something like there's new, like, it's, it's funny, like, what a a 20 something year old can do on final cut and photoshop now is what is what can take a board of advertising executives six months to knock up like i've found image, um, videos that for travel companies for for ford for for visit you know abu dhabi or whatever like made by 20 somethings mm. that look like it was like a whole production team yeah. like the the, the 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 kids i say that now like kind of condescendingly but like the kids now just the young people now like what they're doing is so creative and so interesting and they're like on the cutting edge of all this like the new technology and the plugins and all this stuff and the camera techniques and you know how they use mirrorless and how they do all this stuff that yeah, yeah i just there's something about following like yeah like a lot of them are like younger than me i'm 29 like a yeah. lot of them are younger than me i'm like 
man, this work is insane. You know, insane. Sam Coleman. Yeah, again, another one. Someone like that. Yep. The stuff he is producing, I mean, movie crews can't do shit like that. It's exactly. Mind blown. Exactly. Do you so, think, yeah. just think about this now. So, I mean, the, 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 and the, how do I do this? Camera clubs always used to be these old guys and if you're not fitting in, fuck you, whatever. Do you think the industry as a whole has gotten to that point and do you think that it's not the changing of the guard, but there's a change. Do you think this COVID pandemic has been a catalyst for creativity to flourish? It's an interesting way to put it because most people, as you say, go the negative. They're like, all this creativity has been just squashed and pre- uh-huh. yeah. Um, because there's some interesting stuff coming out of this. Very. And also because you can't just like jump on a plane, like because movement in general has been so restricted, yes. I think it's forced a lot of people to get creative with like what, what they have around them. And yes. if you can get creative with what you have around you, we'll, we'll wait till you get off the plane in some like faraway land. So yeah, no, I think that um, like some of the stuff I saw during the lockdown of like what, how people shot, like there's a, um, do you know the photographer Erin Outdoors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did like, um, which is interesting. She did like classic scenes that she'd actually shot, I believe, like Monument Valley or like, okay. the, you know, the great, like the kind of well-known scenes. Right? But she recreated them with like household objects and put little figurines, but shot them in a way that looked like she was standing. Have you seen this? You know, I mean, I followed her. I, I, we were chatting about a podcast way back as well. I do seem to, it rings a bell. It definitely rings yeah. a bell. A few people were doing it. They would like literally like take the shot as if they were, it's kind of hard to explain. They would set up this like nativity scene basically. And they would put like little figurines in there and they would shoot it as if they were shooting like a proper landscape. Like people's creativity during lockdown got insane. And then like the explosion of TikTok too, like that's not, not, not a coincidence. Like TikTok TikTok just exploded. It's huge. Do you, there's a guy called Jordi Kolatic. Yep. Yep. You follow him. The stuff yes. he does with a phone and just the video. It's insane. That. And I think, I mean, I never thought of the question before, but if we look at, like for my company, right? So 15 of us, mm-hmm. suddenly you, you got to work from home. You, you yep. gotta, you've got no choice. You've got to work from home. And yep. a lot of the guys struggle with it because they travel a lot. But to the young generation who are kind of wired to mobile, I'm going to work in a coffee shop. I'm going to work here, here, here. This suddenly spoke to them. Yes, and they could yeah, double down on their strengths, whether it's yep. DNA, whether it's age group, whether it's um, creativity that was suppressed by the man, or whatever it might yep. be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Came together, and it's like boom. I still think there's amazing stuff coming out of this which we haven't seen yet. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred. And I think it's going to like yeah. I do, like that's the thing. I don't think. I mean, I do see light at the end of the tunnel now that they're getting like vaccines out or whatever. But I, I do think like this is going to drag on for a bit. And I hope that, you know, as this year progresses, things will slowly start to resemble more of what we would consider normal. Sure. But I think the ramifications from this, both good and bad, mm. are gonna are really going to push out to the future. Mm. And in terms of like how people work, how people get creative, how they connect, how they shoot. Yeah, I do. I think big stuff's coming. Um, and the interesting part is I couldn't tell you what big stuff, but I'm, yeah. I'm, inter- I'm interested to see what people come up with. Yeah. What, what I'm interested to see is, and I don't know who I spoke to, I've almost it might have been you, but I don't think so, is a coffee table book of cities during that first stage of lockdown where you've got New yep. York city with fucking nothing, yep. Hong Kong, yep. UK, London, whatever. And it's just zombie dead, nothing apocalyptic. I, 
I sent you this early, like this was like literally almost a year ago. Yeah. And again, I left you, I fled New York because I kind of saw the writing on the wall, which mm-hmm. was a crazy story in itself, just how I got back to Australia. I but but um, I left early in March, right before it kicked off. But then when I got home again, I start thinking like, oh, I know I made the right decision because New York obviously got really bad. But I was like, man, the photos people get, you'll never get again. And I remember I sent you one of um, Grand Central Terminal. Someone was up taking a photo down. Grand Central Terminal is empty but for one guy standing in a beam of light coming I've through the window. That. It's like, you will never get, uh, hopefully, you will never get that shot again. Yeah. And like Fifth Avenue and Times Square, like out of vanilla sky, like empty, like and London and Barcelona and it, like you'll never get these shots again. So someone needs to collate that. I That's hope someone was doing, was, yeah. That, was that, doing that. just amazing, hey? Sure. Yeah. What's your next trip coming up? Uh, it'll be somewhere domestically. Um, it'll be somewhere domestically. I mean, again, when I drove through the US, I just needed to get back here to like Miami and see my wife and kind of like settle in right. here. But when I was driving through, again, because I just beelined it here, there were so many places where I was like, oh, I could have stopped here. Oh, I could stop here. Oh, I could stop here. So it'll be somewhere domestically in the US for sure because mm-hmm. um, there's still so much to explore here. I would still love to get to India yeah. probably next year but we'll see how that goes japan's also high on my list um i want to get to the mara i want to get to the gorillas mm-hmm. um and i really 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 want to get back to svalbard mm-hmm. uh, yeah. i'd like to do greenland <laughs> as well i mean already then i've just given you like five years worth 10 years worth okay, of you know, cool. trips we can do that in two years man and then we're gonna do that yeah. and photographic so, are you gonna spend some time photographing around miami 100 percent, 100 so i've um been doing a fair bit with my wife she's um she needs like modeling material mm-hmm. so you know i've been shooting her and you know she sends that out to her agencies miami's kind of, have you been to miami uh only on the ships when we pass through so no for intensive purposes no okay because like um it's it's like especially south beach it's like a really nice old relic like they've, they've done a really nice job to like keep the art deco and the style right. it's like kind of like that tony montana like you expect to see tony montana like walking <laughs> down the street so yeah. like again, like capturing that's really really cool. It's what like part of the it's it's my friend put it interestingly who came here two years ago for the first time. He's he's from New York. He was like, it's one of the few places in the U.S. where you can go and you actually don't feel like you're in the U.S. anymore. You feel like it's like a tack right. on from Latin America. Okay. Um. So yeah, hundred percent. Um. Well, I'm gonna I need to start like like working photographically, like okay. getting like jobs photographically too. So there'll be that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hundred percent. Do local for now. Um. Then branch out to the U.S. Um. Later this year, and then you know the second. Yeah. start to open up hopefully get overseas do, do you do you when you go out i mean just for people not home because a lot of people are still stuck at home they have no fucking choice don't yeah. so do you take your camera and just go and look for stuff or do you have things in mind like you know the scene you know where you want and then you go there which way do you take it um both sometimes i'll drive through a place and i'll be like oh oh, oh good like this is perfect and i'm like or i'm coming back here at this time because the light will be like i could just i can kind of like see it in my head uh-huh. and other times i'm like hey just grab it because uh, i know that your friend chris christopher said um he never like leaves his camera he always takes it because you never know when something i, I don't think like i've that. ever seen him without a camera i've known well, him since 2009 i've never seen him without a camera even if it's small, so he shoots, he shoots um Leica mostly even if it's yeah. more little point and pray yeah has it yeah because you, you you just never know what's going to kind of pop up so sometimes i'll just be like look i'm going out i've got my camera i kind of liken it to fishing like it's like you've got especially with wildlife but like you go out you've, you've got your equipment and sometimes you come back and yeah didn't really get anything other times like you caught a you know i don't mm. know i don't fish but like a 200 pound tuna or something i don't know like no, whatever I'm fishing people get. 
I'm out listening, thinking a 200 pound tuna. Holy shit. Where do you get that? (laughs) This guy definitely doesn't fish, but yeah. Do you iPhone photography or not much? Not much because I look, if, if, if I'm at, you know what, I'll shoot for stories with my iPhone. Like if I'm just out and I don't know my camera, I'll shoot for stories. But in terms of like, and look, if I, if I caught something really good on my iPhone, I would, I would put it on the grid. But um, usually if I shoot something that I really like with an iPhone, I get that like little like uh, OCD thing. Like, like I, this, I can't open this up in Lightroom and like have all the, and Photoshop and have all the details captured in there. So if it's something I really want, I want yeah. that. I want the information. Oh, I like that. So, so yeah. if the trilogy fight happens, Poirier or McGregor? Oh man. I tell you what, I don't know about you. I was surprised at how that went. I said, Were you surprised? Yeah, when I came over, we watched it. It was like six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning, our time. It felt like a given. And then it's like, what the fuck has just happened? It's like, whoa. Hey? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I Because that's the first time he'd ever been like knocked out, knocked out. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, Khabib, it's like, okay, forgiven. He's like the best wrestler in the UFC, like, you know, whatever. And Nate Diaz, like, choked him out. But to see Connor, like, under punches. Wobbling. Um, yeah. And look, everyone like everyone was kind of like, oh, what is it? Armchair quarterbacking, like, oh, it's this and this yeah. and this. And I did a bit of that myself. But like, there's a thing, I can't remember what boxer it was, but he said something to the effect of like, it's hard to wake up for, you know, at four or 5 a.m. to go for a run in the morning when you're waking up in silk sheets. And I wonder if there's a bit of that. Like, he rocked. Did you see how he got to Abu Dhabi oh on goodness. the yacht? Yeah. 300 yeah. foot yacht, sitting there, set for life, got all this other stuff going on. It's like, it's like you can't like clearly the guy's like insanely disciplined and has this like insane self-belief mm-hmm. in it. but like you can't, I don't think you can recreate what it, what it was when you were like fighting for your life really no. like 10 years previous. You it's can't Rocky recreate three. it. Hmm? It's Rocky three. Exactly. Exactly. It goes back. So, so I t- honestly, if I go a third time, this is the genius of McGregor, though, because I say all that, and yet if they fight a third time, I think he wins just because he does that thing. That he makes you believe yeah. that it's possible. Yeah. He just has that, that, that has that gift. So if they fight a third, I'll say McGregor. I love that Poirier won, though, because he's such a nice dude and he's been That's like so chumping at the bit. He's such a good dude. Yeah. What about you? Do you think if they fight a third, which I, way do you think it goes? Um, again, armchair quarterbacking, but... The, I think because his, his, his stance changed, boxing versus karate, he wasn't yeah. as agile as he was. I mean, yeah. he tweeted in the last week something in the line of um, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Because yeah. everybody was like, who's this oak? Oh, here's your hot sauce. That's amazing. Yay. I'll, yeah. It's like, where is, who the fuck is that guy? What happened to him? Yeah, yeah. That, I yeah. want that back because I think that mentally, I think gave not only his opponent like the, 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 the shits, but also mm-hmm. it, it punched him up to more of a, an aggressive thing you can't go with your gucci slippers and your rolex bro it, it's, no. <laughs> it's like what yeah not the gucci moccasins gotta leave those yeah. at home i mean yeah, yeah i think i still owe you a dinner in new york what, what was that fight that was the kabib that was the poirier kabib yeah that's right i mean look it was a bit unfair i'll still take the lobster dinner but it yeah, was a bit it was, a, it was a, <laughs> <laughs> no i'm gonna start adding in caviar and word yeah, line and everything bring it yeah, but uh, it was it was hardly fair because I think I got in first and I said, oh, I, I, I picked Khabib, who you got. It's like, well, I'll thanks, take, bud. Like, I'll take the diamond, whatever, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you, if you, what's like the one fight you would want to see this year if you could match make? Like if you could just throw any two together. In, in their division? Any division. Oh, 
Um, I know John Jones is coming up. That could be interesting. Um, Adesanya and him could be interesting, but I'm not sure it excites me that much. Oh, really? Okay. It's it's of everything. I think probably that um, Khabib. I don't think he's coming back, but him and mm. McGregor could be an interesting rematch because uh, McGregor went on about oh no, but I was not on my top form and my balls were hurting or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but I think between Khabib McGregor, if that ever happens, and something with Adesanya, maybe the Jones fight. I don't know if they'll ever get there, but have you seen yeah. what John Jones looks like? Insane. It's like a brick shit house. But like, oh, he's huge. He's, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if Wada or Isada or whatever they do. Stop him around his house every now and again. He looks. I mean, he looks incredible. But um, one of these days, like, I don't know if it, you know if it'll happen before the year twenty fifty six. But if we're ever in the same city, like in an American city at the same time, we've got to hit up a UFC because I've never I'd, I've never been to one. I was meant to go to the Khabib. Uh, what was the uh, the, uh, the Khabib Tony fight in April of last yes. year? Yes. I had tickets at at Barclays Center, and of course, COVID said, "Huh, very cool." Um, they were going to play five times. Never happened. Five. I had tickets to the fifth time, and I was like, "It can't fall through a fifth time." Done. And then a global pandemic said, "You know, look, my... the stars align. This has to happen at the Garden." Oh, that... have you been to? Have you watched something at the Garden? Um, I've watched three basketball games. Right. Nice. Yeah. yeah, there was one it's, night. There was one night I was in. I came on my marketing trip on my way home, and I think I had three nights in New, two nights in New York. And the Friday night, Scorpions were playing acoustic at the Garden. Oh, really? And I had to get a meeting. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> no, exactly. My thoughts. Yeah, were, yeah. Like, come on, this can't be. I love that place. It is. There, there's. It's this ancient energy. It's. I mean, the Staples is nice from from those kind of big. Even TD Garden in Boston, but. The garden itself, there's just something there. You walk and you see all the pictures of Ali and yep. like, okay, this is real. Yeah. And then, and then when you're done, you walk out into Manhattan. It's, yeah. it's just an, an amazing thing. It's like you, if, if that wasn't hype enough, everyone spills out onto the streets out, of Midtown. Just down the road, there's the Empire State. It's like, no, come on, man. This is a, it's a movie. I mean, you, you, I mean, you get it because you've been there like a bunch of times. Like, is, is it not the greatest city on earth or what? I, and and I, <coughs> sorry, I've mentioned to a couple of people online in my stories. If I could travel anywhere right now, I'm going straight there. Oh, really? Like, okay. Something, that, and not even wildlife. Uh, well, there's yeah. no, there wildlife, but not wildlife. Um, right. But there's an energy in that place that just, and it resonates with me. Maybe yeah. I've, I've got a nervous energy or something. I yeah. fucking love that city. It is. Didn't you say you could live there? Oh, easy. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah, for someone like you with the motor, like you would do well in New York because you're just like... Love that place. And if I'm going to have to buy over. you a lobster dinner, I'm going to have to work there to make proper cash because <laughs> <laughs> coming from South African ran into dollars buying a lobster, I'm going to have to probably sell my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have to sell the Suzuki to pay for my dinner, but it is what no, it is, I, my friend. I blame Khabib completely. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Brendan, listen, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, it's been a pleasure, man. No, thank you. Really, really appreciate you having me on. I've listened to this for ages and it's been awesome. Um, where can people get hold of you? Instagram, website, email, whatever you want to give out. Yeah, okay. So my email, yeah, if you want to shoot me an email, that'd be awesome. Um, always appreciate hearing from people. It's BP, B for Brendan, P for Patrick, BP dot, my last name, B-Y-R-N. N E burn three six at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, my website's Brendan Burn Photo, like B R E N D A N B Y R N E photo.com. Mm-hmm. Um, my Instagram handle is Brendan B Y R. That's yep. And then I don't have TikTok, I don't have Twitter. <laughs> I have Facebook, but who cares about that? So, Yo, what, yeah, what's just, the Facebook thing? 
Yeah. I will, I will link all of those up in the description. So if you guys are listening on podcast um, on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes, you can get it in the description. Go and check out Brendan's work. It is phenomenal. Um, but I look forward to seeing you hopefully this year in the States somewhere. Oh, you're a legend, Jerry. Thanks again. Hopefully we can do it. It's been amazing. Thanks, bud. Thank you, bud. Cheers. So there you go. Love that conversation. And I hope there's some food for thought in there for you photographically. Uh, I know, I mean, as we speak, whenever we go down conversations like this, it's always fun because you start thinking about new things. And like I said, I think after this pandemic thing, there's some interesting creativity that we're still going to see. Well, I hope so. Anyway, guys, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for lending me your ears. If you want to get in touch, my email, jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, at wildeye, two words with a hyphen in between, dot co dot z-a, or Jerry Vanavalt on all the social media platforms. I always look forward to hearing from you. I will chat to you in the next episode. My name is Jerry. I'm from Wild Eye. Have a good one. Mm.